Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, because I can't hear you Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers postgame. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Coming off a big Pittsburgh Steelers win, their fourth in a row, their second straight win in Baltimore. That's something that I can't tell you the last time they won two straight there, but they did 23-16. to 16. With me, as always, my co-host Lance Williams, who is back in the mask. What's up, Lance? How are you? Oh, Jeff, we're supposed to tease it. The ghost face killer is back. See, listeners, I told y'all I would come back with the mask. You just had to be patient and wait. It's Ravens week, so I had to come back with the mask, and for good reason, because the Pittsburgh Steelers got a victory. Absolutely. So now let's up to date. Let's get one up to date. Five, two, and one are the, is the Steelers' record now. They drop the Ravens to four and five as the Ravens head into their bye week on a three-game skid. And there's people talking about turnover in Baltimore. I don't think Harbaugh is going to be fired midseason, but I'll tell you this: here in Maryland, where I reside, if he does not make the playoffs this year, I think it is a very safe bet that he will no longer be the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. But Kudos to the Steelers for this win on a lot of different fronts, and we're going to get to all of those. But, Lance, before we do that, before we get into the stats, before we grade some players out, what was your knee-jerk reaction after the game in terms of the overall body or the overall performance of the Steelers today? That the call you, – you play to win the game. I hate to say that. You know, the Herm Edwards phrase, you play to win the game. But you honestly do. You make calls and you try to – put yourself in situations to win games. And the call that they made from their two-yard line, throwing the ball with Joshua Dobbs, 
was the most gutsy call this year. If it works, I'm talking about it on the show. But that's just that's just a gutsy ass call. I mean that that that's playing to win the game. And they went down there and did that. It could have been cleaner in some areas, but man, this football team is playing some really good football. And Jeff asked me a couple of shows ago, you know, if I would be totally on board with this team in terms of what I thought they would, they would accomplish for this year. And I told him, quite frankly, they had to win three games in a row. They had to win, uh, you know, they had to beat Baltimore. They had to beat Cleveland. They had to beat Cincinnati. They had to win those three division games. And by golly, they've done it. This is a quality football team. This team is totally different from the one you saw earlier in the season. It could have been a little bit cleaner, but it's a divisional game. It's a win on the road against the Ravens. And all this team does is get coaches fired. Way to go. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah. You heard any of those um, fire Tomlin uh, 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 ha- you know, hashtags or tweets? Well, I'm sure there are because we know that the there's underlying issues there. You and I both know what those are, but they're certainly quieted down. That's for sure. As the Steelers, as they can, they, they I loved it. I loved it. I love Mike Tomlin's sayings when he called it the September stench. He goes, "We got to get this September stench off of us." I was like, "That is perfect," because they sucked in September. And then once the calendar rolled to October, they haven't lost. We're in November. They still haven't lost. But the Steelers don't have a lot of time to celebrate this win because Thursday night the Panthers come to town, and we'll get you ready for that. But let's talk about this game. Let's go over some statistics for you. Lance, we're going to go player by player for the key players, and then I'm going to ask you for your grade. Are you ready? Absolutely. But before we jump into that, Jeff, I just want to turn to the left and to the right. You guys can see the detailing on this mask. You see the Steeler symbol on each side and, you know, the little top of the mask. You see the degree of difficulty balancing (laughs) my glasses on the side of the mask. Let me just pop my collar. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so, oh, so nice. For those so, of you, for, for those of you that might be listening in podcast form, it might be worth the price of admission to go to YouTube and just take a look at the Lance Williams mask, the Steelers mask. It is rather impressive. So, okay, um, game day gear aside, let's get to some game day heroes here for the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger finished the day twenty eight of forty seven, two hundred and seventy yards, five point seven average touchdowns, two interceptions, zero. Was only sacked once, but that was that's a play that he would have thrown it away uh, nine out of ten times, or tried to force it downfield. He took the sack in the fourth quarter because it would have killed Mark Clock. It was a smart play. I'm glad he did it. And like you mentioned, Joshua Dobbs, one for one, 22 yards, 118.8 passer rating. I do have to mention this before we get into Ben Roethlisberger's grade. What was your reaction watching Joshua Dobbs go in? Not only is he dropping back to pass, like you said, it was the gutsiest call that you could think of, but throws a dart to Juju Smith-Schuster for a first down, keeps that drive going. What was your first reaction? Because mine was just pure laughter. I just couldn't stop laughing. I think it's because I couldn't believe the Ravens just let him do that. But uh, what was your reaction to that, Lance? First of all, maybe it's because I'm getting older. Tell me if I'm wrong, Jeff. I didn't even see him under center. He was very low to the ground. He was so small, I didn't see him. So when they said Josh Dobbs was in, I was like, is he? I don't even see him. Like, like, where is? I thought it was going to be some wildcat play. They hand it off. Uh, it, I think what this speaks to 
is the coaching and the level of preparation that's being done by coach and player. Literally, it is next man up. You have to be ready when your number is called. And I think it's just kudos to the coaching staff for getting him ready. And kudos to Joshua Dobbs for the amount of professionalism that he showed to be ready in that big spot. That's ice water in his veins. And that might just be one of the biggest plays this entire season. Now, let's go back to Roethlisberger. I'm looking at the stats, and I didn't have them in front of me. And it wasn't a game where they were doling out his statistics off you know when he has those big games or oh roethlisberger's now completed blank out of blank whatever it wasn't that type of game so when i'm looking i'm like wow he threw the ball 47 times i'm thinking that's a lot I, you know and james connor will get to him the steelers ran 76 offensive plays in this football game and the <coughs> baltimore ravens finished with 56 so they ran 20 more offensive plays in the ravens that just showed the style of offense the Steelers were displaying with the smart, educated, not pushing the ball down the field, but taking their downs, moving the chains, killing the clock. What do you grade Roethlisberger's performance on one to four, four being outstanding A+, plus, one being F? What do you have? I'm going to give him a three and a half. You go on a road against a tough divisional opponent. You play clean, turnover-free football. You know? that's a three and a half. I, I put him down to three and a half because the throw in the end zone to AB behind him, if he puts it out in front of him, they score a touchdown, missed a few throws there, here or there, but didn't turn the football over. And, and speaking of A grades, can I, can I give uh, a, a member of the coaching staff, can I give uh, the member of the coaching staff an A grade? This offensive line, it, it doesn't matter because Marcus Gilbert misses games. And Munchak has those guys ready to go. You don't see any drop-off, particularly in pass pro. And they ran for over 100 yards with Connor. I mean, can I give an A-plus? Can I give five stars to, to Mike Munchak? Can, is that possible? Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much a given, considering how, I mean, Mike Munchak is not, it's not even, uh, I don't even think it's a debate. He is the best offensive line coach in the NFL, and he just proves it. He proves it week in and week out. Gilbert goes down. You know, last year it was Hubbard. This year it's Filer. Uh, this team is really something to behold, especially along that offensive line. So you gave Ben a three and a half. I'm going to go three, seven, five because he always plays like crap in Baltimore. He played a good, clean game. And now he didn't throw for over 300. That's something he's never done at MT Bank Stadium in his career. He threw for 270, but he did have a rushing touchdown on the sneak. So he accounted for three touchdowns today. Um, I thought that was pretty impressive on Big Ben's part. It wasn't pretty. Like I said, it wasn't the six touchdowns, 600 yards, 500 yards, whatever the case may be. It was just a good, steady game. It, there were some – there. I, that's why I didn't go four. You know, it's like figure skating. You never want to go four. Three, seven, five is where I'm going with this. All right. Let's go to James Conner rushing the football he was 24 carries, 107 yards, 4.5 average, no touchdowns, had a long of 25. He goes for over 100 against the Ravens. That's not something that's been done often this year. And again, shows that when the Steelers commit to running the football, he will get you yards. We, has, we asked our, each other this question on Wednesday, and that was, will he go over 100? I think we both said – did we both say false on that, Lance? Did you keep track of that? Yeah, yeah. I think we both said false. I'm pretty sure we did. I know I did for sure, but I think we both said false. I thought I think we said he would get close. Yeah. Okay. 
So he goes for 107. What do you, what do you grade James Conner in the game uh, in week nine? The Terminator gets a four and a half. He gets a A plus. Look, Steeler fans, hashtag, can you, can you put this on, when you guys are on Twitter and you're posting, can you just put hashtag buy bail? It's over. It is, it is over. If, if there were Steeler fans to fully commit to James Conner as a star running back in the National Football League, not just the Steelers' replacement, this game is it. In Baltimore, going over 100, getting 100, about 150 yards for the line of scrimmage, it's over. Hashtag Bob Bell, see ya. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to talk about Le'Veon Bell because I don't feel there's a need to, but I'm going to give James Conner um, – I've given a four because it, what else can you give the guy? He didn't turn the ball over. Now he didn't get into the end zone rushing the football. Uh, but my goodness, I mean, hard yards. Those are yards against the Ravens defense that, you know, I'm thinking that last drive, you're just trying to get four or five yards on a, on a rush and he's doing it. They know he's running it. Kudos to James Conner. And I, I think that each week he continues to prove one other facet of how, he can do what Le'Veon Bell does, and he can do it equally as well. And it's not taking anything away from, from Le'Veon Bell, but in my opinion, it's just looking at it and saying, this kid's also really, really good. So the Steelers, I, I wrote this article earlier this week about how James Conner could really put a feather in his cap when it comes to replacing Bell, and that's the fact that Bell, although his last four games against Baltimore have been very, very good, as a, in his career, he has disappeared a lot. James Conner didn't disappear today. Fantastic job. Um, the only other people with carries were Ben Roethlisberger at two for four. One of those carries, he had a scare, although that run didn't count because of a holding call by Alejandro Villanueva. We'll get to that in a second. Jalen Samuels had one carry for two yards. So let's go to receiving. Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner both lead the team with seven receptions on nine targets. Juju has 78 yards, averaging 11.1. His long was 22. Might be remembered more for a really big drop at the end of the first half that would have really made it difficult for Baltimore to come back in the game. Nonetheless, James Conner finishes with 757 for 56 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. I'm curious, we've talked about James Conner a lot. Juju Smith-Schuster, what do you grade him, Lance? Give uh, Juju a 3.25. That just great down. I think if he made, like you said, the game is probably over in the first half, but made critical catches on the last couple of drives in the second half. Critical catches to convert third downs. Juju just played a very solid professional football game, and he showed up big time. Yeah, I mean, and he's turning into a really big third-down threat, and he's doing it from the slot where he loves to play, where he's the most effective. And um, the Steelers had, um, let me count them really quick, seven different receivers have two or more catches in this game. It was pretty astounding how they spread the ball around. So we said Juju Smith-Schuster had seven. I would give him a three because that drop was huge. Um, I also t- <laughs> I, it ticked me off. You know, he has another big game down the middle. Eric Weddle hits him in the head. He has to leave for a concussion check. That didn't count because obviously there was a penalty negating that play. So let's go down the list now. Jesse James had two receptions on three targets for 53 yards. One of those was a big 51 yarder down the sideline. That was actually Roethlisberger's first play 
back after leaving the game uh, when he went down after scrambling. Antonio Brown, five receptions on 11 targets for 42 yards, did get a touchdown. Great me, great Antonio Brown for me, Lance. Lance, you there? Up, up, up. Are you there? Here. What's your grade for Antonio Brown? We lost you there for a sec. I'm just going to – I'll give him a three because of the two catches in the second half. Just a very average performance for A.B., but, but you know, it's just a case of where I, I think really – in, in this game plan was that they, they, they missed the football, like we mentioned at the top of the program, the time of possession. Because when you look at the first game, time of possession was absolutely flipped. The Steelers were 2 of 12 on third down in this game. game. But in this game, I, I think they probably conversed. So I think the wide receivers and tight ends were big in that, and they were able to really do just to forgive him and you know, it could have been a better, you know, a better game, but I think it was the game that they needed for for them to win. Absolutely, and the thing about Antonio Brown, and I would grade him at maybe a three two five. I mean, he did he can only do so much, and and Roethlisberger missed some throws to him, but he did get in the end zone. I feel like Antonio Brown. I hope I should say I hope that Antonio Brown is getting to the stage of his career where individual statistics aren't that important. The team is winning, and they're spreading the ball around. And although Antonio Brown isn't the focal point, although Antonio Brown isn't that guy that is on the Madden cover that everyone expected in terms of having these ridiculous fantasy stats, that's okay because Antonio Brown with five receptions of 42 yards and a touchdown is good enough for the Steelers to win. Now, could he have had better stats? Obviously. But at the same time, Antonio Brown... Getting into the end zone, number one, should make him very happy. I want to say he has nine receiving touchdowns already this season, and they haven't even gotten to Week 10 yet. So he should be happy with that, and the Steelers are spreading the love around. Vance McDonald had three catches on six targets. I'm just going to try to mentally forget about the last series of the first half that was just god-awful from an officiating standpoint to a play-calling standpoint to an execution standpoint. It was atrocious, and Vance McDonald had a lot to do with that. But Vance McDonald with three, six targets. Ryan Switzer had three receptions on four targets. He filled in for Juju when he was out being checked for a concussion. And James Washington, shockingly, has five targets on the day. Only two catches for 17 yards. It seems like Roethlisberger was really making a concerted effort to get the rookie involved with Justin Hunter out meaning he did not get a helmet, he was inactive. I felt that it was obvious, at least in the first quarter, that they wanted to get James Washington going. He just is going to need some time. Folks should be patient. On the preview show, or I'm sorry, it was our standard as a standard last week, Lance, when we are having some difficulties with the sound, I finished the show by myself, and a lot of people were asking about, man, what's going on with James Washington? And remember, you can't expect James Washington to have Juju Smith-Schuster's rookie season. Not every rookie wide receiver that's picked in the second round is going to have almost a thousand yards receiving like Juju did last year. It's going to take him a little bit of time. He has to find his niche in this group. And let's be honest, it, what he does well might not fit with this offense right now. Um, everyone said, man, we're going to love to see his deep threat because they lost Martavis Bryant. I'm sorry they didn't lose him. They traded him away. Um, but the Steelers aren't a deep threat offense right now. They're an offense that's going to be hitting the middle of the field 
churning out first downs. And that's the way they're going to play is time of possession. They're going to dominate in that stat. That's what they want to do. That's what they feel is going to give them the best chance to win. So Lance, uh, do you see the same things with James Washington? Or do you think that there might be a learning curve that he's not ready for yet? He's just a rook. People got to have patience with him. He hasn't played a lot of football this year. He's coming along. Just be patient. All right. Very good. So let's switch from offense to defense. Now we're talking about a defense that let's they, they haven't given up more than 18 points during this four game winning streak. They hold Baltimore to 16 points on the game. Uh, and it, let's be honest, if it weren't for some three defensive pass interference calls, I mean, the Ravens went back into their old bag of tricks with Joe Flacco's heave and pray offense, chuck it deep, hope there's a pass interference call. And they did get three of those, one of those set up in Alex Collins' touchdown. But tackles, from a tackle perspective, Sean Davis led the team with nine. I thought he played a great game. Uh, as a last line of defense, he did a phenomenal job. John Bostic with five. But let's get to the important stats. Quarterback hits, the team only finished with six. I thought they'd get more. And with sacks, they only had two. Bud Dupree with a half, Vince Williams with a half, and Stefan Tuitt with one. I was kind of disappointed in the pass rush because they were going against two backup tackles and they could not get to Flacco. Uh, if you're grading the pass rush lands, how are you grading it? The pass rush was probably two and a half, but I, 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 but I, but I think it, it's a, a 64,000 foot view when you look at this game. The, and when you look at NFL defense, sure, you would like to get more pass rush against a depleted offensive line. One of the reasons why they probably couldn't is because of familiarity with both teams. I mean, they have a great idea of what the Steelers want to do, particularly from a blitz perspective. But I think if you take a step back and you look at numbers in this game, the Ravens were 4 of 12, 33% on third down, and I believe they were 1 of 2 in the red zone. No, excuse me, they were 1 of 4 in the red zone. That's how defense is played now in the National Football League. If you don't have dominant pass rushers, and I don't think the Steelers do, you have to be a situational defense. You have to play great in the red area and great on third down. And they did that. So I think it was a fantastic performance. Sure, you'd like to have a pass rush there, but I think it was a great example of bend, not break defense. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. Um, I want to give some props to Mike Hilton. I thought that especially in the first half, he played a tremendous game. Fantastic. Uh, ended with two tackles for losses, a pass defense. Now in the second half, the, the Ravens were spreading him out. He was kind of off the line of scrimmage. He got caught in the wash a few times um, on a pass rush. But ultimately, I thought that Mike Hilton, he was a playmaker for this team. I want to know, uh, Lance, and this is not Mike Hilton, uh, what is your grade on the safety play by both Morgan Burnett and Terrell Edmonds? Saw them a little bit more than we normally do on TV. Grade those two players for me. I think Edmonds was solid. Burnett was trash. Uh, I, I think one thing that we've seen, uh, although they both got the Steelers are teaching the technique because we saw both guys not I think Edmonds was definitely better than Burnett. Burnett was trash in the game. I think he he was absolutely trash. Uh, but but yet and still, you know, none of it ended up hurting him. I think he can play better. I think he will play better. Okay, no, I agree. Uh, so let's um let's go with uh so. By the way, if you're watching live on YouTube, go ahead and fire off the questions if you have some. We'll answer those towards the end of the show. Um, 
anyone else? I I know that for me, Chris Boswell missing that extra point, a lot of people kind of brush it off because they won, but you have to understand the numbers game. If he makes that kick, it's never a 10 point game. It's an 11 point game. They're chasing a, a conversion. That's big. And it's his fourth missed extra point on the season. Now I'm not suggesting that the Steelers cut him because they can't financially. It just wouldn't make sense. Um, I just don't understand what's going on with him. Uh, he's definitely working through some stuff. He did make both of his field goal kicks today, but ultimately, um, I'm sorry, one field goal. Um, he he went two for three on extra points. That's unacceptable. Uh, Lance, was there anyone else that stood out to you, both good or bad, that you wanted to give some props or, I guess, you know, I, criticize? I, I, I just wanted to speak to old was bad on, on that play. I thought the hold was bad. If 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 again, I, I thought they didn't get the exchange good, and I thought that was one of the reasons why he missed it. Um, I just want to give a big shout out to the offensive coordinator Randy Feekner. I, I think he called a very good game. I mean, going ten of sixteen against a defense, converting third downs on the road. I mean, listeners, that is awesome. I mean, that is that's how you control a football game and you dominate a football game and you. Tire a defense can really impose your will. And, and props to Feetner for developing or, or finding out the best way to play offense to really support this defense. They have an identity now on, on offense. They are going to really feature James Conley to 25 touches in the game, and everything is going to kind of flow off of the running game and over the course of the winning streak. So kudos to Randy Feetner and the coaching staff. And this is something you mentioned earlier in the show, and it was Mike Monchak, but kudos to the offensive line. They only surrendered one sack. I mentioned that earlier, and Ben gave himself up on that play because he wanted to keep the clock rolling. He realized the situation. In this four-game winning streak, the Steelers have surrendered only two sacks during through four games. Think about that. I think often about earlier in Ben's career – when he was just maybe the most sacked quarterback in the league. The Steelers have put a lot of money into their offensive line. It's paying off. They have brought in the best offensive line coach, clearly paying off. Kudos to that group because every time James Conner goes over 100 and Big Ben Roethlisberger is clean, that means they are doing their job. Cannot say enough good things about this offensive line. They dominated the line of scrimmage today, and it was fun to watch. All right, let's get to some questions, Lance, unless there's something else you wanted to go. You ready? Let's hop into it. All righty. Okay, uh, there's still uh, some fans just, I, I guess they don't listen to our other show. The standard is the standard. Some people still want the Steelers to trade Bell. The trading deadline has passed. They cannot trade him. I do like Mike Tomlin's quote. If you did not hear it prior to the game, he said, we are looking for volunteers, not hostages, uh, when referring to Le'Veon Bell. So uh, for those of you that are waiting Bell's return, no one knows, so good luck. Um, here we go. Nicholas asked, should we be worried about the safety position Lots of plays given up by Edmonds and Burnett. What is your analysis, Lance, on the safety, the state of the safety position for the Steelers' D? I think the Steelers should be somewhat concerned. The rookie is the rookie. He's going to make his issues and make his mistakes. I think the concern comes down with Morgan Burnett. You want Morgan Burnett to play better, and maybe it's a case of him coming off injury, but there should be a little bit of concern. I don't know if it's a ton. But there just should be some concern, particularly when they go to their sub packages, 
when they go to dime and when they go to nickel, they need him to play better and, and be the guy that they spent some good free agent money for. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Chris says, uh, which do you think uh, the Steelers should start Cody Sensabaugh or Artie Burns? Because Sensabaugh looked terrible today. Those are his words, not mine. I Sensabaugh was called for a, a pass interference. Um, otherwise didn't really notice him too much. Lance, what are your thoughts on that? I think they should start Cody Sensabaugh. And you got to understand, it takes me a lot to say they should start <laughs> Cody Sensabaugh. Because I've said that Artie Burns is the most important guy on this defense. But until Artie Burns starts practicing better and starts preparing better, you just can't trust him and you can't start him. I mean, the season is too big to put somebody that you can't trust and is not practicing and preparing well. And I say that because of the reason why he was bidding from coming late to a meeting. I think it was Jeff or, or, or walk through. He was late. So you, you got to go with the guy you can trust. Go with the guy that can keep it in front for the most part and you make tackles. And I think that's what the Steelers want to do. They want to keep it in front, not give up the big play, and really play good on third down in a red area. They are transforming themselves into a very good bid-not-break defense, and you've got to go with the hot hand, and that's Cody Sensabaugh. I can't believe you just said they're a very good defense in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that's you think back to week one and two, man. I mean, that, that to, to think that you, of all people, would say that is astonishing. And I, I'm being totally honest. That might sound funny, but I am being totally honest. It just shows how a team can change, man, over the course of the season. It can, a lot of things can change. Um, okay, there's a lot of questions about the upcoming Thursday night game against Carolina. It's an NFC opponent, and I think that's – I want to say they wrap up their NFC South – no, they still have the Saints in New Orleans later this year. I want to say that's in week 14 or 16. I'll have to check. Don't have it off the top of my head. But the NFC South team comes on Thursday night to – Pittsburgh. A lot of questions about that. I do want to mention that we're going to be covering this game in full on Tuesday for the Steelers, uh, the Steelers preview. And then also again on Wednesday and the standard is a standard where Lance and I will be on our usual time. So check those shows out. But Lance, the question was, do you think that the Panthers will be the biggest overall test for this Steelers so far this year? I think the overall biggest test will be against the Patriots and the Saints. They have terrific, and they can put a ton of points on the board. When you look at the Panthers, although they have a very diversified running game, and Cam Newton is a threat to well, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Samuel, you've got Funches, you've got Olsen. The offense is inconsistent given the fact that Cam Newton is inconsistent with his accuracy. So I think it'll be probably the most physical team that they played this year. But I think the toughest test will be the Saints and the Patriots. I mean, come on, guys. You know it's the Patriots. Well, no, we the don't question, beat the, the Patriots. No, I know. The question was to date. Meaning, is this going to be the, their toughest test to date? Now, the, the Steelers and, and Saint, or the Patriots and Saints are down the road. To date, is this their toughest test? I think it's their toughest to date. Because of the short week and the physicality of the Panthers, and the physicality of Cam Newton. Yes, I think it'll be their toughest game right. to date. There you go. All right, let's see here. Uh, do you think uh, Roethlisberger's finger, which could have meant that they were in the shotgun more, the question is, do you think that being in the shotgun affected the offensive game plan? State, state your question again. You were breaking up a little bit, Jeff. I said that the you know Roethlisberger has the broken finger, his broken finger on his left index finger, and the question is because 
let's assume that he's in the shotgun more because of that. Do you think that them having to use the shotgun more often was a reason that it altered the game plan, so to speak? I don't think so. I think the game plan was pretty interesting. It was, it seemed like in the first half, they were really trying to throw the ball on first down. Then in the second half, they kind of mixed in more runs on first down. And it seemed like they were trying to play some clock early in the third quarter. I know that sounds weird, but it seemed like they were trying to slow the game down a little bit. No, I, I, don't, I don't think the finger had any issue on the game plan whatsoever. I mean, they threw the ball 47 times. I mean, if anything, you know, like Jeff said, you wouldn't go under center because you don't want to stick your hand in there on handoffs. But I don't think the finger had any issue or any impact on the game plan at all. I don't think so. When he does a quarterback sneak from the one yard line and reaches the ball, yeah, he's obviously yeah. not protecting the football or protecting his finger. Here's a good question from William. And I, I'd like to get your input on this. Do you think that bell or Connor, because both have done tremendously well behind this offensive line. Do you think that they are nothing but a product of the system being behind such a good offensive line? Or do you think there's a little bit of mix and match with both? Yeah, I think they're a, a product of the line to a certain extent. Like you said, it's a mix and match. I mean, the line has to block it, but the guys still got to run. I mean, linemen aren't catching it and aren't running it, and they aren't making guys miss and getting into space. So backs are doing their portion of the work. I mean, after a certain amount of yards, it's all the back. I mean, you could basically credit maybe the first four yards of a run, maybe three and a half to four yards in the offensive line, but if you pop a 20-yard run, that's running back. So, I mean, it, it's a symbiotic relationship. If, okay. if you have a terrible back behind there, you're going to have an average running game. So it takes a good back, and it takes a very good offensive line. They work in concert. Absolutely. Good question here from Daryl. He, he wants you to grade the Steelers' tackling today. Now, the Steelers' tackling had been criticized greatly last season, preseason, early this season. How would you grade their tackling today, Lance? I'm going to give it a three and a half and, and, and speak to this, Jeff. They tackle better typically when Mike Hilton plays. Yes. Mike Hilton is a fantastic tackler. When Mike Hilton is playing, Mike Hilton erases stuff. And it, it feels like they tackle as he tackles, they tackle. And, 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 and that's a guy that I didn't mention when we were talking about heroes. Mike Hilton is the best slot corner in the National Football League. If Mike Hilton does not go to the Pro Bowl, it's a travesty. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, I never thought about that. That it, it would be interesting to look at the the statistics of missed tackles with Hilton in the lineup compared to without, uh, just because he seems to be a tone setter for that defense. And you wouldn't think a nickel defensive back who doesn't even start that's not a big man, he's five foot nine, would be a trend setter or a, or a tone setter for this defense, but yet it seems that he is when he's in the lineup. The whole defense looks different. And people forget that in week four, when the Steelers lost to the Ravens, he did not play in that game. Um, so another question from E-Man, he said, how can the Steelers win the division now besides waiting until their week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals, which shockingly, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that the Steelers are done with their division play until the very last game of the season. In other words, he's thinking, what do you, my guess is this question is, What's the win number that they have to get to to win the division prior to Week 17? I think if the wins, they'll win the division. The Bengals aren't good. good. Cleveland's a dumpster fire. Ten wins, they win the division. Ten and six will win it. Or let's say five and one. 
Okay. So you think 10 wins will do it? Um, I'm going to have to get to, I don't know, because the Cincinnati schedule, although it is a little rough right now, it definitely eases up down the stretch. Health plays a lot into that. We always say that, but, uh, you know, that's obviously something to keep an eye on. Um, here, Terrence asks, will great, was Xavier Grimble ever surpass Jesse James for me? I'm going to say that no. Jesse James is a better blocker, even though he did have a, he was penalized today. Uh, <coughs> I just think that Jesse James is, is turning into a reliable two-way tight end. Uh, Vance McDonald is very similar, a, a very reliable two-way tight end, and I, I just don't think that they trust Xavier Grimble right now outside of three tight end packages. Lance, you agree or disagree? Jesse James is the clap to have seen that commercial. I followed it. I can't get up, and the lady hits the clapper. Jesse James is the clapper. If, if John Connor, yes, I called him John Connor, the Terminator, James Connor, who terminates Le'Veon Bell's contract value and worth every week with stellar performances, is the Terminator. He's the clapper. All you have to do to make him fall, and he'll fall down. He just is what he is. He's the clapper. He's going to make a catch, and he's going to fall. But he does make catches, and he does make blocks. But don't expect uh, Vance McDonald type stuff. So the clapper is solid, but what he is. I've fallen, and I can't get up. <laughs> That's very good. So you know what? The, the, the questions have kind of dried up here. So to kind of wrap this thing up, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers win 23-16, to their second straight win in Baltimore, back-to-back seasons. Um, they also advance they stay in the first place because Cincinnati had a bye week this week. They are now five, two, and one. Cincinnati, I believe, is five and three. I'll check that and let you know. Uh, but make sure you check out a lot of different things. First and foremost, if you're listening in podcast form, check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in BTSE Steelers Radio, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. If you didn't know that we have a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different forums and platforms outside of YouTube, check us out there. You can go to Spotify, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitch, Art19, all of those and more. Just type in Steelers. I went to iTunes the other day and just typed in Steelers. We're one of the first ones that comes up. Subscribe so that you get all of the content that's out there. Um, and make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com this week. It's a short week, so there's going to be a lot of stuff jammed into a very short period of time. So make sure you're checking back this evening, tomorrow, and all the way leading up to the kickoff on Thursday. Uh, Lance, go ahead and send us off. What do you have to say? Uh, I have a mistake before we get out of here, and I want to get your thoughts on it, Jeff. What's that? The hit to the head to Juju and the hold, or, or, or was it a face, man? What was, it? was it a hold on the Steelers? It was a hold. It was a hold. It was a hold. It, it, the offsetting penalties, I get it, but there was a case where Juju got concussed, short week, on a play that you hit a guy in the head and you give him a concussion. You should already, whether you hold or not, it just, it just feels like the NFL, that, that was a WTF to me because I'm thinking, wow, Juju could be this game, could change the next. What do you feel about that? Um, for me, I think that if it's a personal foul call, uh, I still think offsetting penalties, let's say it's a defensive holding and an offensive holding, those negate each other. That makes sense. 
But if it's a personal foul, and especially uh, one like what we saw, I think that maybe no yardage is exchanged, but an automatic first down is given to um, the offense. But if it's a if it's flips, let's say there's a person. Let's say let's, let's, say, let's say there's a personal foul on the offense. It's a a late hit, something in between the whistles or whatever. And there's also a flag on the defense. The offense should be pushed back because I think that there should be some weight there. Um, but then again. It's tough. There, there's a fine line. There's a delineation that officials have to make. The officiating in this game was not good, in my opinion, in a lot of different ways. Um, they called. It just seemed very one-sided, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but it was a lot of non-calls. The, the, the funniest one for me was when Cam Hayward got called for illegal hands to the face, and I swear there were four Steelers being held on that play. And I saw a flag, and like, well, shoot, they could just pick one of the one of the holds on that play. And then, what do they do? Goes against Pittsburgh and's going to first down. So, what do what do I know? But you know what? Thanks for your time, Lance. I always appreciate your time. And um, again, this week's rundown of shows tonight's the post game. Obviously, tomorrow's the Steelers hangover. Tuesday, the Steelers preview. Wednesday, the standard is the standard. And then we'll be back on Thursday for another. Steelers post game, and then we kind of take a weekend off. So we'll see, and we'll, we'll get you the content. So make sure you check that out. Thanks for listening. Steelers win four in a row. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Check it out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.